With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We bring in uh, Bobby Ojeda, and it's a good time to talk to him about this uh, med pitching. Bobby, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm doing super. Still living the dream. Mike. Good, Bobby. You know, Bobby, it's interesting. There's actually a little bit of a revolution going on, I've noticed right now, and that is they've reached the point where somebody told these med pitchers, it's time to pitch. It's time to actually not try to throw the ball as hard as you can and strike everybody out. You saw it with the Grom last night, but all of them, it's almost like they've, they've, somebody's gotten a message where now they're going to try to use a repertoire. And you, you saw it with Harvey the other night. You saw it with the with, uh, Grom last night. They actually brought a little craftiness into their performance. And then it's obviously paid a little dividends the last couple of days. Yes, it has. And I'll tell you something, Mike. I think watching your colleagues go drop like flies and get banged up and also private conversations they have with each other. It's like, man, you know, my elbow's a little sore, my shoulder's a little sore. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it out there. And these guys share that information. And then sort of, as you're saying, they start to figure it out. And I think that's great to see because it falls on them. And it's really not about Darno because I don't think Darno is a very good uh, uh, pitch caller. I think he goes off of a off of a scouting report, and he does the marching orders. And I think it's up to these pitchers to figure it out, as you said, and begin to pitch within their abilities of any given night. You know, I heard Terry Collins last night, and he was saying, uh, you know, they asked him about the difference. He says, you know what? He got caught up in striking everybody out, Degrom, and he says, I don't. He he kind of a little bit blamed it on you know the idea of New York and how people catch on, and you're a strikeout king and everything else. But the bottom line is, you know, this it's about getting out, and and you know I could tell Keith late in the game last night because I was watching Degrom finish up, and. Keith was saying, well, you know what? This is how pitching's supposed to be. There's nothing you can ask these guys to go nine innings, you know. So it's a mentality more than anything else. You know, there are 10 teams that don't even have a complete game this year. And think of how much pressure that takes off a bullpen. The Mets had 20 straight games where they had at least three relievers in every game. So, I mean, to have a guy throw nine innings is like a godsend. Oh, it is. And they all have that ability as long as they're not trying to light up the gun. But I couldn't disagree with Terry Moore. I don't believe these guys were caught up in striking everybody out. I believe the two big guys were caught up on lighting the game up, and I'm talking about Syndergaard and Harvey. They're lighting the uh, the radar gun up. DeGrom is a different bird, though, man. He is always pitched. He's pitched to the corners, but they're sort of getting wise to him. And if he's just a little bit off, he's just off the corner with that sinker, just off the corner with that slider. He still likes the high cheddar, but I think it's a question of he's learning how to call his own game, and I think that's 
part of been the, the handicap of these pitchers for the years that I've seen and when I was around the team. Uh, they put too much on the catchers to run the game, and I think that's complete backwards. Well, you've seen – we're talking about – you saw that Matson and Lugo actually came in and gave this team a little jolt. Will has been pitching better. And the last six, that pitching had been awful. And the last six starts now, their ERA's on the one. And Harvey gave him five. Wheel has been good. Now Matz comes in and his first start's good. Lugo comes in, his first start's good. DeGrom comes in with a complete game. Now all of a sudden, they've won four games in a row. They're getting people out. And all of a sudden, the defense isn't such an issue. Every, the bullpen isn't such an issue. And now they start to look like a team again. Oh, the, the bullpen is, they, those guys get the, that end of the stick that you don't want to get because when things go bad, they always hang it on the bullpen. That's the easiest place to go because there's no marquee guys out there except your closer. So that's a scapegoat for where you're failing in other aspects, and that is your starting pitches or throwing too many pitches. They don't have an idea of where they're leading this hitter to. It's like this pitch is setting up the next pitch. If that misses, well, here I change tack. And that comes from within the starting pitcher's head. He has to know where he's leading this guy on any given day because I'm telling you, Mike, I feel one way today. Five days from now, that start, I might feel entirely different, and I've got to work within that. And it's not the catcher's responsibility to figure out where I'm at in my head. When I leave the bullpen, I whisper to my catcher, I say, let's lay off this today. Let's go with a little more of these. I'm feeling a little of this. Let's work with that. Those conversations are completely private between your starter and your catcher, and that sets the tone for that particular game, not the scouting report. We're talking with Bobby Ojeda. Bobby, um, with all these injuries and this idea of just everybody muscling up every pitch, I wonder if we're getting to the point, and a couple of pitches have stated this the last couple of weeks, that maybe the art of pitching is going to come back. And one guy said, hey, you know what? Who said you have to – throw as hard as you can on every single pitch. That's not pitching. You don't throw as hard as you can on every single pitch. That's not the art of pitching. Discuss that. Well, I'll tell you this. What is is not talked about often, especially when we went all about those pitch counts at nauseum, I I don't throw as hard. No pitcher does except perhaps a closer. When all I get to do is air this thing out for 15 pitches or so, I'm airing it. I'm letting it fly. Um, A starting pitcher... I don't throw as hard as I can, Mike. I throw as hard as I can to be accurate and to hold up because most guys have aches or pains. You just do. It comes with the job. It comes when I put on that starting pitcher logo on my back. I have to pitch within a, 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 a strength zone that I can stay healthy, that I can stay on the mound, and I have to learn that about myself. And, and I think once you master that, once you understand – this is what I got today. Maybe tomorrow I don't. But this is what I have today. Today it's going to be 92, 93. Tomorrow, our next start, it's going to be maybe 94. The next one it might be 90. It's always a variance on where I can get through today. I don't want to burn out in five innings, and then I got 100 pitches, and my arm's hanging a little bit, the ball's elevate, and now they're starting to wear me out. I have to, on any given day, pitch within what I have physically that day, but I promise you, it is never 100% of how hard I can throw. It's how hard I can throw and be accurate and really reduce the amount of discomfort in each and every throw. When do you know what you have? Do you know what you have in the bullpen before the game or no? 
I got an idea in the bullpen, but there's so many times, Mike, I'd be out in the bullpen, and the last thing I want to do was throw great because I'm like, oh, my gosh. When I cross those lines, it's, gonna, it's just going to take. I know it. I want medium out in the bullpen. I want familiar pains. And what I mean by familiar pains is I'm not going to be pain-free. I'm just not. I'm going to misfire a pitch here or there, and something's going to flare up. I get it. I'm familiar with that pain. I want the same normal pains that I get. And I want to be somewhat locked in on my locations. But I, what I do have is a feel of where I'm at overall physically and mentally that day. Am I locked in? Like the, uh, I'll tell you this. The, the, the scariest thing is when you're in the bullpen and you're throwing in, it's happened to me. I feel like I've never thrown a baseball in my life. And meanwhile, at 7.05, i got to go out and throw the slab. Within that day, I have to figure it out in a hurry. But that's when I'm walking in. For, you see the pitchers walking in from the bullpen across the field. Yep. That's, an, that's a great time. If you could throw, you can't because it's too much information. But you threw a microphone on those guys and they didn't know it, that's when you're getting the real scoop on what he has that day. And that's where the pitcher has to take charge and tell his catcher, this is what we're doing. If he doesn't want to tell a pitching coach, he can whisper it to his catcher. A lot of times, you don't want your pitching coach to know what you're thinking. Well, I just want to ask you that. Your pitching coach is always making that walk. The pitching coach comes out of the bullpen. He puts the towel over the guy's shoulder, and now they make the walk. Okay? You got the three of them making the walk. What is the pitcher's – what do you want to hear from the pitching coach then, if anything? You want to hear zero? You want to hear nothing? You want to hear encouragement? You want to hear strategy? You want to hear nothing? Some guys want to hear encouragement. Exactly what you just said. Some guys want, okay, watch, you know, Trout, because he likes X, Y, and Z. Um, other guys, they just want to walk and kind of get in their head. Mentally, they're going over the game. They're going over who's first up. They're going over what they're going to do, what, they're, what they just found out in the bullpen, how they feel that day. That's, that trumps any scouting report. That trumps, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get hit. Well, that's that zone right there. I've got my plan of what I've got today. I only want my catcher to know it because it's him and I, and actually it's me on the bump. I want him to know the fingers I want going down because I don't want to take two innings for this guy to catch on to where I'm at physically. I want him, first batter, to understand, okay, he told me where he's feeling, what he wants to stay away from. Normally he does this. Today we're going to do that. Off we go to the rodeo because if I start shaking you off three times, four times to get to the sign I want in the first couple innings, it snowballs into catastrophe because I can't lock in mentally, and it just I just never find my feet. And that's when you see a guy give up five, six runs and get blown out of there by the fourth. We're talking with Bobby Ojeda. Bobby, the Mets obviously are talking about a six-man rotation. Gaselman's been better the last couple of starts. They're trying to protect Wheeler. Wheeler had, didn't pitch since 2014. He didn't pitch in 15 or 16. He's thrown 62 innings here in 11 starts. They said he got 125 innings or right around there on the season. Um, A, do you like the six-man rotation, or would it bother you, the six-man rotation? I, you know, I do believe you have to have one rotation. If you're going to go with five, go with five. If you've got a guy, you have to, you have to uh, uh, you know, uh, coddle a little bit, which is understandable. I'd rather see you on particular days you hold him to five innings. I'd rather have a game plan as a pitcher of my routine, but more importantly, as a manager, I want to know how to set my bullpen up because this guy, he's had two good starts. He's given me seven, he's given me six plus, whatever. This next one, I'm going to hold him a little short. So that previous game, I'm going to make sure I manage that game to where I've got a cushion to get this guy out rather than disrupt the whole apple cart 
because he needs an extra day. I can't deal with that because if he blows out, now I'm back to five, and no one ever finds their groove. And pitching is about finding your groove, your routine. You lock in mentally, and you lock in physically. Your body knows how to respond to being ready on that fifth day, to be ready at 7.05. Your body feels it and knows it. So not a big fan of the six-man when it can blow up at any time, especially if one of the guys starts throwing crummy, and then you bounce them out of the rotation, now we're back to five. It's too much Too much guesswork. Uh, Wheeler, would you, when he's knowing that he's only got another, let's say they push it to 70 innings and he goes 130 innings this year, um, mm-hmm. When you know that you only got seven innings less than a season and there's a lot more season than that, would you rather they just kept you to five uh, innings and pitch that way, or would you rather they basically just attack the games that you did pitch? I would rather the pitching, uh, the, the manager and the pitching coach are, are know what I look like when I'm right because that day those 100 pitches feel like 60. I want you to let me go that day. But that day when I'm off, I'm a little out of whack, and I'm coming back from this injury, and I'm struggling, but I'm getting people out. i got viewers up there, but it's been a battle. I've got line drives going at people. i got weird hanging pitches they're taking. It's just one of those games. That's the one where I get you out of there. And people oh, why would you get them out after five? Well, we know why we got them out. Just leave it at that. But I'd rather see them do that type of thing and try to extend him out. It's an awful feeling to know that you are not going to be around when the season ends. You're not going to be there. That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough pill to swallow, but that is the way the game is. That's the way it evolved, and uh, you know we'll see if that does work out. But it, at any time, it could change due to a nick on his arm. Let me switch for a second. We're talking with Bobby O'Hara just for a second because he's pitching tonight. Um, I know you watch the Mets mostly, but have you caught CC Sabathia and what he's done here at his 7-2 and two start what do you think is going on with a guy who's been around the block, been a great pitcher, had some years where basically it looked like he couldn't give you five without giving up six runs, and now he's getting people out again. His last five starts, his ERA is, I believe, his last five is under uh, two. As a matter of fact, it might even be like one and a half. Uh, for his, He's given up three runs in his last 25 innings. I think it's like under two for his last five starts. He's seven and two with a 3-6 ERA. What, what do you think is going on with him? I'll tell you right now, and it's an excellent question, especially a conversation we're having. CC has had his problems. We know that. He's had some very difficult personal problems. Right. Pitching, I'm a person out there, Mike. If my head is not clear, I'm not going to be able to focus on what I have to do. I know that sounds very simple, but not only on the day you see me, but that day when I throw my bullpen, that day when I'm doing my catch, that way day when I'm doing my exercise, if my mind is drifting, I cannot be focused. Now, what happens? What's the byproduct of that? Well, the byproduct is I'm not as sharp. I'm leaving pitches up out over. I have a little bit of sense of I have so many other things going on. I really want to make this on the corner, but, oh, well, it slipped back over the middle. He's not doing that. He's making quality pitches. I've seen a guy who is locked in locked in mentally into these games. The stuff is not any better than it's been. I've seen him get lit up with pretty good stuff because when you leave, even if it's 0-2, I leave that over the middle, it's going to get rocked. So ahead in the count, behind the count, nonsense too. I think what you're seeing a guy who's gone through the storm and he's come out on the other side and he's freed up his mind to be able to pitch like he's capable of. He didn't get awful overnight. 
but he certainly turned it around mentally over the last year or so, and I think that's the biggest plus. That's the best thing. I'm so happy for that guy. Let me go back to Harvey for a second. He threw five, shut out his last game. Uh, before that, he couldn't even hold a 7-4 lead against the Pirates uh, going to the sixth inning. For the season, he's given up a, a lot of home runs. He's pitched 60 innings, given up 13 homers. He's walked a ton of guys, which is obviously you know putting gas on 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 the on the fire. Mm-hmm. So he's had 34 walks uh, and 13 homers in 60 innings, which is a bad recipe. Last game was better. He threw five shutout. They got him out of there because he had a high pitch count. He threw, I think, th- I think he threw 28 pitches in the first inning. So that's why he had like 100 pitches in five innings. They got him out of there. What do you see or what could you build on with Harvey right now? Or is it just going to take him some more time? And do you think it's more mental or physical right now with him? I think it's a little both, mostly mental. And I'll tell you this, the last thing they need to do is put more on him. And what makes me, you know, climb the walls is when I hear Terry, and I love Terry. I'm not bashing Terry. I love Terry. I just disagree with him on some things. When he makes it about Harvey, he makes the New York Mets about Harvey. If you start to go, well, I don't care if we win or lose, as long as Harvey throws good. What are you saying to this guy? He's bigger than the team. That's what's got him in this position. I want them to just, you know, Harvey, he's one of our five guys. End of story. Let him wander through the woods like he's doing. Hopefully he'll find his way out of it. He's coming back physically, but far more importantly, he's coming back mentally because he's he's jumped the tracks here mentally. And if you don't get that back on, just talking about CeCe, it goes hand in glove. No pun intended, but I think when Harvey, all of a sudden he's just another guy, and Sam, and Terry quits making it about Harvey. You know, ooh, you know, it's Harvey. It's Harvey's team. Nonsense. You go back to the World Series. That's what cost him that game. He left him in there because it was about Harvey in the ninth inning. Well, that backfired. They need to learn from that moment and stop making this about Matt Harvey and let Matt Harvey find his way out of the woods himself. He either is or he isn't. But the more you make it about him, the more problems you're gonna have. One thing we know about Mats is when he goes to the mound, he wins. The problem is he never goes to the mound. Uh, he, he went to the mound the other night, looked good again. Now, this guy in his career, every time I see him on the mound, he wins. I mean, let's be honest. The guy's got, you know, he's got 15 wins in 22. Uh, I think he's 15 and 7 for his career, uh, he, and he's pitched well. His ERA's low. Uh, he pitched well the other day. Um, so it's not about talent. We know that. What do you see from Mats, and what are you looking to see from Mats? Well, he's a tenacious competitor. He loves to win. You're exactly right. He's a winner. He loves to win. He pitches better when he gets the lead than when he's behind. But what he's got, he's got an arm that is just one of them arms. It's going to be a problem. It's just like a great car that breaks down. What he's got to do is find a mix of pitches that he can take the pressure off. He's got to find a mix of pitches. He's got to know where to go on that particular night when it's going to be a little tough. He's got the equivalent of instead of a boxer with a glass jaw, He's got a glass arm. He's got to work within that so he stays on the mound, but he's got to find some pitches. He might even have to fool around with some things to take some pressure off whichever one is giving him the most problem that makes whatever uh, uh, hurts in that arm flare up. Because if you have pain, your arm hurts. You're hurt. It's just that simple. There's no difference. If I have pain, well, I'm hurt. But I have to learn how to pitch around that and embrace that hurt but learn how to how to manage it by going away from pitches that cause me uh, uh, that greater discomfort, and then once it gets so bad, I can't continue. He's got to stop stop getting that pitch that's making this thing flare up and shutting him down. He's got to work on that. I think he can. He's a sharp kid, 
he's got the heart of a lion. I, I hope he figures that out. And Lugo, you know, in the times we've seen him last year, he pitched well. He was six and two in the, when he pitched last year, and he was very impressive. Came back and was strong again the other the other day from the injury. Actually pitched well in the uh, competition when he got hurt, uh, pitching in the uh, in the you know in the uh, series that they had in the spring training. Uh, the bottom line is. Uh, He's been good in the major leagues. What have you seen from Lugo? I, I see a great mix of pitches. I see a guy there again. You talk about it. You know, some of these guys they bring in that do pitch rather than blow people away are, are good uh, collateral income for your ball club because guys watch them do that. We all watched a guy, uh, uh, the Big Easy, before he left this year. They used to watch him pitch, and they would marvel at how he did, and I Cologne. think they learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they learned a lot from him. They still want to throw through a wall, but I think Lugo's very similar. He's not going to blow you away. He's going to try to outthink you. He's going to try to lead you down the road. He understands that your pitches are a chain. This pitch leads to the next pitch leads to the one I want to get you out on. I know where I'm going with you, and he seems to have a good idea of that because he has to use his wits to get people out, and that is a good lesson for the other guys who want to throw at 150. Is it contagious when you see a staff have a spin where everybody's pitching well versus I got rocked last night, now it's my turn? Is it contagious when guys are pitching well? Yes, because everybody's very, very competitive. Everybody wants to be the top dog. Nobody wants to get embarrassed. Uh, when you go in that locker room or when you get on that plane or you get on that bus, you know, um, you, you, you do it. You tease each other, and no one wants that. So when the team's on a roll, you don't want to be that guy who's, who gives it up, who starts, you know, starts the chain of we're losing here, starts getting coughs it up. You want to be one of the guys. And it's peer pressure, but it's peer pressure in a very good way to guys who happen to like pressure and like to perform physically and like to match the guys before them. What does it tell you when you see a Cubs starting rotation, which was dynamic last year, every one of them, and now they're all struggling mm-hmm. this year? That, that, you know, that's, that's why this game is so nuts. I 100% believe you're never that far from the top. And you're never that far from the bottom. You have to be careful with knee-jerk reactions. The season is not even half old. Do I think they'll start to find their groove? Yes. They have a solid defensive team. They, you know, obviously, they can hit. I think it's one of those things where you know guys put a lot of pressure on themselves, and there's no guarantee what you did last year you're going to do this year. But I have to find some middle ground. I can't completely collapse. And that's uh, they've had a little bit of a, a slow start collectively, and I don't see that lasting. There's too much talent there. I'm not going to say they're going to like the world on fire, but I would look for them to steady this thing as the season progresses. Good stuff, Bobby. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.